Thank you very much. The cheering from the cheap seats. <laughs> They're all cheap seats, aren't they? All free. Um, I've dug a hole already, haven't I? I haven't even started. Hello, everybody. It's lovely to see you all. Um, there are a lot of, of happy-looking people. It's lovely to see you, and, uh, and God loves you. And um, I've been asked this morning uh, to speak about... Um, Honouring the Holy Spirit. Uh, as uh, anyone who's uh, been around for a while will know, we're doing a series at the moment on honour. We've we've uh, we felt God speak to us about um, four kind of basic pillars, if you like, that we want to express as a church: love, freedom, honour, and power. And uh, we're currently going through honour. Um, um, now, the way I see honour is that um, I think, in terms of honouring one another. I think that is about seeing the gold in somebody, uh, seeing who somebody really is and calling that out of them, and, um, and not necessarily what you always see on the surface. So, you, you know, Jesus was able to look at Peter, and he was able to say, you are the rock on which I will build my church. And he said that to an uneducated fisherman who subsequently was going to deny him and who was going to go through all sorts of different things of where, where he didn't work out so well. I imagine he was one of the ones arguing about being the greatest as they headed to Jerusalem just before Jesus was crucified. Uh, he was the one at the Last Supper who, uh, when Jesus said, I'm going to wash your feet, he said, no, you're not. And then Jesus said, well, unless I do this. So Jesus wasn't put off by that. He said, unless I do this. Um, you have no place with me. So then Peter says, well, in that case, you've got to do my head and my hands as well. You know, he was that kind of, that Peter had lots of things um, that on the face of it, you might have looked at and thought, well, you, you know, he's calling down curses on himself. He's, he's, a, he's a bit rude. He's a bit brash. He's a bit uh, arrogant, maybe. He's a bit this. He's, but look, what did Jesus see? He said, you're the rock on which I'm going to build my church. And, he, and it was the same with, with Saul, who was subsequently going to become Paul. You know, there he is killing uh, people from the church, persecuting the church. And yet God said, he is the one I'm going to use to carry my light to the Gentiles. And so for us to honour one another, I believe, is about seeing not what I see right now on the surface. It's about seeing what has God made you to be. And if I can call that out of you, and if you can call that out of me, there's a real power in that. If I can, I think Bill Johnson was said that honouring someone is, uh, is drawing out what they are without stumbling over what they're not, or something like that. And... Uh, and I think that that's what honour is. It's about seeing who you really are and treating you accordingly. So, um, so if we're talking about honouring the Holy Spirit, then I think the first thing we need to do is we need to recognise who is the Holy Spirit and therefore what can we do to honour him uh, accordingly. Now, I think the Holy Spirit might have done a little funny with me today because... Um, and he has done this before. I love the Holy Spirit. He's wonderful. Um, but sometimes, not but, I mean, that's a full stop there. And sometimes, uh, when, I, when I come to speak about the Holy Spirit, particularly when I'm thinking, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about his spontaneity. I want to talk about the way he loves to operate in our lives. I then, and I think this is either the second or third time this has happened, I then sometimes find that when I'm trying to prepare, I just can't get anything to prepare. Um, 
and, and it's only after quite, quite a long time that I eventually figured, you know what, I think the Holy Spirit might not just want me to talk about the fact that he loves us contributing as a body and he loves the spontaneity of, spontaneity of us all having something to bring. I don't think he just wants me to talk about it for 45 minutes. I think he wants us to do it and for me to shut up and sit down. So I'm only going to talk for a few minutes um, because I feel that's right, um, unless during the talk, course of this talk I feel led to do something else. But as things stand, I, give, you know, I, I want to give that freedom to the Holy Spirit to do just whatever he wants today uh, and every day. And um, so, um, so let me talk a little bit about what the Holy Spirit, what he does um, I just want to refer very quickly, you can turn to it if you like, but it's going to be a whistle-stop tour of John 14. Um, Jesus says, if you love me, this is 14 verse 15, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Um, then if you was over to John 16, verse 5, and then I'm going to jump over to 12, I think. Uh, now, I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me where are you going. Uh, because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And then jumping forward to 12, um, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he'll tell you what's to come. He'll bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Okay, so... There, as I read those verses, and I, I read about, well, so what, what is that telling me about who the Holy Spirit is? That's telling me that Jesus wants me to have a contact point with him through at any point at all times. He is, the, the Holy Spirit, if you like, is the contact point of the Trinity with us. We have him living inside us. And, the, and as I read these things, they feel like quite internal things, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. Um, but, but they're quite, he's going to lead you, he's going to guide you, he's going to counsel you. He'll reveal things to you. And, and if you, you know, if you read in Romans, I think it's in Romans 8, it talks about him being, uh, him witnessing with our spirit that we are children of God. There's an internal working of the spirit, isn't there, of, of, of that intimacy of drawing us in and saying, do you know what? You're a son. Do you know what? You're this. This is who you are. This is who you are. Just speaking uh, to us all the time about our identity, if we'll listen. And he, he wants us to understand this is who you are. This is who, who God has made you to be. And that's, if you like, what I was talking about earlier about honor. It's him calling that out of us. And so I know at times when I feel I've fallen short or messed up or, or whatever, I can feel that sense of the Holy Spirit saying, come on, you, you're, this is who you are. Come on, live, 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 live as to who I've called you to. Come on, you don't need to live like that. Turn away from that now and live it this way. And that's, as I understand it, the process of repentance is being called up higher again by, by the Holy One. And... Um, and so that's one aspect, I believe, of the operation of the Holy Spirit. 
It's an internal working. It's the intimacy. It's the... It's the it's, you have to experience it, really. And I'm looking around, and I'm, I'm really hoping that we know that experience of knowing the, the loving touch of the Holy Spirit, the leading and the guiding, the, the, that kind of that really precious touch that is the experience of God himself, God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Um, and then, of course, there's, there are other elements of the operation of the Holy Spirit. Um, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and the kind of the, the Holy Spirit coming on us in power. And I'd like to, like to read from just Acts 1 8. Um, so, actually, before I do that, I'll just mention that, so the disciples, obviously, Jesus at this point has been uh, crucified, and uh, he, he appears to the disciples after. Uh, his crucifixion. Uh, you can read about it in John 20, 22, I think it is. And uh, it says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, some theologians kind of get quite, uh, I think, I, in my opinion, a bit mixed up about this. And they say, well, that was talking about what was to come later. But I really don't think it was. I mean, to, to me, he's saying, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them like that. And, and to me, that's they would have received the Holy Spirit. I don't think he's talking about that's going to happen in, in a few weeks, months' time, or whatever. Particularly as if you, in the Greek, the word for spirit, and in fact in the Hebrew as well as Adam's, but in, in the Greek, the word for, for spirit also means breath or wind. Um, so the fact that he, he's breathing on them, the breath of Jesus, is, is, it's like the word for breath is the same as spirit. And I, I, I think it's more than just a picture of what was to come. So I believe they did actually receive an element of the Holy Spirit. And, I, and so in my opinion, and I know there's some range of opinion on this, but I think anybody who has put their faith in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. Because in Romans 8, it says, anybody who does not have the Spirit of Christ doesn't belong to Christ. And also the Bible says um, that in, I think it's in, uh, I can't remember if it's the beginning of 1 Corinthians or well, somewhere else, but um, uh, it, it says that we've received, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. At the moment you believe, you are marked with the seal, which is the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance. And, um, and so, so that's, that's the element of you, you must have the Holy Spirit if you're born again. If you, if you belong to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. Everybody who believes has the Holy Spirit. However, I also believe that there is an empowerment, a baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is separate to that. Okay, Some Christians would say that it's all in one, and you can receive them both all in one, I believe. But in my opinion, they're, they're actually a separate thing. That's what I want to talk about. So uh, having these guys have already received the Holy Spirit in John, um, in John 20. But here it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And so there's an element of the working of the Holy Spirit, which is the, is the power of God, comes through the Holy Spirit coming on people. And if you read Acts, it's a very powerful and exciting book. And um, uh, just jumping forward to Acts 2, um, when the day of Pente- verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And if you read Acts, some very, very exciting things happen, some fairly wild things, uh, people uh, getting healed through, you know, Peter's shadow and uh, handkerchiefs touched by Paul, and Philip uh, is, is picked up by the Spirit and carried 
goodness knows how many miles and appears somewhere else. I've all, I, I'd love to know whether he actually flew, whether you'd see Philip fly through, or whether it's like a teleportation. I mean, either way, that's a great miracle. Um, but... Um, but, uh, which I refer to as Philip travel. And one day, I'd, I would love it if God would do that with me. I'd love to do that. Uh, and the funny thing is, I think in, it, he goes to a place called Azotus or something like that, which is the uh, Old Testament town of Ashdod, which was a, um, a Philistine town. Um, and uh, it says he found himself there. I just love that. He's, he's sort of, can you imagine? He's, he's there with it, speaking to this uh, eunuch he's met. Uh, the spirit led him down there. So the Holy Spirit said, go to the chariot. So over he goes. He, he then hears him reading the scroll from Isaiah. He explains it. And then the spirit just takes him away and he found himself somewhere else. Uh, I just think that's, uh, that's wonderful. And so that there's a power element to the Holy Spirit. These guys, once they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, they've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Then they started operating in the supernatural in a very significant way. There was a major breakthrough. It says all of the people who came to them were healed. People didn't even dare to join them at various points because of various things that happened. There was, there was the power there as well. And I think what, 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 I, what I want to bring today, I guess, is from the Holy Spirit... I know people say the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Have you ever heard people say that? I'm not quite sure where they get that from. Um, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And, and I think, uh, in my experience, I would say that's usually the case. I think quite, sometimes I've found, I, I feel, in fact, I felt reminded recently. Um, God spoke something to me years and years ago. Something he, through a prophecy, um, or a couple of prophecies, um, uh, something that he wanted me to start doing. And, uh, and I kind of tried to start doing... I, I, I don't know why I'm being secretive about it. It was about writing. It was about writing a book. Uh, and so I started, and, and I, just, I just found it difficult to get the time and the inspiration, and, and then I put it on the back burner, and then, I, and then a bit later I'd try again. Anyway, recently I've been reminded of that again. And, and I just felt, oh, Holy Spirit, I've, I feel I've left that. And, and, I, and there was that small feeling of regret that you can sometimes have of thinking, oh, I feel I've just missed that a little bit. And as I, as I drew, drew close to the Holy Spirit over that, I don't know what that expression means, because obviously we're together anyway, but as I, as I turned my attention to him, I just felt him, him just sitting there, just really loving me and just being ready, to, well, I'm ready to go when you are. And, uh, and I feel the Holy Spirit is, is like that in many, many cases. Um, I remember Rachel Spring speaking the other month, it probably was now, and she was talking about Gideon, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, well, can you wait? I just want to go and prepare an offering. Can you wait here? And so the angel of the Lord sat down and waited and he went off and he prepared a goat, it says, and he cooked some broth and he made some unleavened bread and then brought them back. I just love the fact the angel just sat there, just sat there. I don't know, an hour? Would that have been two hours? I don't know how long does it take to prepare a goat? Uh, uh, the angel was sat there. And I, and I think sometimes I find that with the Holy Spirit, He's, wait, he's waiting for me. And so the main thing that I, that I want to have in my life and I want to operate in my life is I want to be continually receiving him and drawing on him. Because in that sense, he is a gentleman. He, I think there is a need for us to receive. Will we make space in our lives to receive him, both in that internal sense of, I want to hear what you've got to say to me, Holy Spirit, before I face my day, what, what do you want me to do today? Um, and, and I think to the extent that we open our hearts to him, 
That's the extent to which he can use us because he doesn't usually barge in and do something. I mean, I have had times when the Holy Spirit's come upon me quite powerfully. And, I, and to be honest, I didn't feel it was that gentlemanly. Um, I loved it. Uh, I love it when he's not gentlemanly, but it felt a lot more powerful than that. Um, but what I, what I want to encourage of us, firstly in our individual lives, um, but also in our corporate life as a church as we gather together, is we need to make space for him. And sometimes the main way to make space for him is to not plan in too carefully. Um, I always feel I can get into trouble a little bit when, when I, or in my own mind when I think about, about this because I think when I read through Scripture, I read the way, and I'm, I'm through my experience as well, who the Holy Spirit is and the way he operates. He, he is, the, the Celtic Christians called him a wild goose, the wild goose they refer to him as. There is a wildness about the Holy Spirit. There is a freedom to the Holy Spirit and who he is. He loves to be free. You know the scripture that says the Lord is a spirit where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The reason there's freedom is because he is a free spirit. So where you, when you're where he is, you'll fly, you don't know where you're going to fly. I think it's in John 3.8. It says, yes, it does. It's in John 3.8, it says, um, the wind blows wherever it, it pleases. You know, you can hear its sound. You don't know where it's coming from or going to. So it is of, of people of the spirit. Now, again, you can translate that slightly differently. I think some versions say the spirit blows wherever he wills. You can hear his voice. You don't know where he's going or coming from. I prefer that translation. Um, so, so there is something about the Holy Spirit where you don't actually know what he's going to do next. Um, and so I, I would love us to create space. I love the fact we had space earlier when, in the worship time. When, when there's just... Sometimes when we... When we come to a place where it's quiet, that's a place where the Holy Spirit can talk to you and talk to us. And because we're, we're a body, and nobody has the revelation of Jesus. You know, we, we all have a part. I have a part, and you have a part, and your part's different to mine. Hopefully, you know, there'll be some overlap, but we all have something to bring. We are a body. And, and in the same way that I, I'm not standing up here with the revelation of Jesus, I've got this part. But without, your, without what you've got, without your revelation, it's incomplete. And in fact, with all of our revelations brought together, it's still not complete because it's the whole body of Christ worldwide that expresses the fullness of Christ. We have a part. And that's why you get churches that are different in their embodiment of who and revelation if you like who christ is because they represent a part and that's that's the the amazing thing about the body of christ that we together worldwide express who christ is no individual can do that and so so let us when we come together make space and i i think i err at the at the slightly chaotic end of this so i prefer not having any plan and just seeing how it goes but i do appreciate that there's something good about saying let's meet next sunday at 10:15 as well 10:15 on remembered so you know I, 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 but there is a part of me that would love to say well let's never meet again unless the holy spirit says and then if we're all listening we'll all know and we'll just turn up together at the right time there is a part of me but i, I do I, there's another part of me that says actually that's probably a bit dumb um, so the, the holy but the holy spirit I, I think he's able to give us plans in advance i'm not saying all planning is wrong all planning is silly uh, the holy spirit as i said earlier i think he spoke to us about doing freedom honor power love love freedom honor power course 
So it's fine, he can do that, and, and there's nothing wrong with planning ahead sometimes. I just think if you get to the point in your life where if the Holy Spirit didn't turn up at all, it wouldn't make much difference, then something I'd, I'd encourage you to change something there. Um, so in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, um, it says when you come to, together, each one has a song. Um, and each one has you know, a word of instruction and, and so on. And, uh, and I'd love to encourage us as a body to be on our front foot. I know, I think sometimes, because we can think, well, you know, that we've got a worship team who lead the first part, and then we have sort of, it's linked together by the anchor, and then we have someone up here speaking. You can feel like, what's, what? Thank you very much. Um, you can end up thinking, well, is there any point in me bringing anything? Because, you know, why, should I, why do I need to bring a song? Because you know, the worship leaders brought all the songs. Or why do I need to have any revelation or instruction? Because there's someone who's already prepared to preach. And I really would love us to get away from that. And there are times that in the past where I've... In fact, like today, although I'm now going, almost going against what I said, but today where I turn up and I don't feel I've got anything to bring. Uh, and I remember a few years ago now uh, uh, with Pete, there was a, a meeting where I was supposed to be preaching and... Uh, and I, I, I was just struggling the whole time in the preparation, and I was struggling in the meeting, thinking, I don't feel I've got anything wrong. And then Pete wandered up, I think you're anchoring, and, uh, and Pete said, uh, what do you think needs to happen in the meeting now? So I said, I think someone needs to preach. I said, uh, and are you that man? I said, I don't think I am. He said, good, because I've just got something. <laughs> and, and if only I trusted that in the preparation. And I, and I, I, I just want more of that. I, I want that for us, because I do believe the Holy Spirit is the wild goose. I do believe he's spontaneous. Why did he not say to Philip, right, I'm going to send you down to the desert road, then you're going to see a chariot, get in the chariot, he's going to be reading Isaiah, I want you to, and here's your three-part sermon. And, and you know, give it, why did, why was it just the angel said, go down the desert road, so, you know, he wanders down there, now what? There's a chariot. The Holy Spirit says to him, go over to the chariot. Next step, goes into the chariot. And, and I, I just love the spontaneity of that, and I do believe even as I said, even though the Holy Spirit is he's good at planning, he's very strategic, I love that spontaneous element. And I think, I think we would benefit by having more space for that, even if that means sometimes our lives are a bit more chaotic. And I, I mean that on a Sunday morning as well, but it's not just a Sunday morning. It's that thing of feeling, oh, do you know what, today it's lunchtime, I'm at work, and I just feel God saying go down to the shopping centre. And you might go down to the shopping centre and response to the Holy Spirit or what you believe is the Holy Spirit and you wander around for a bit and you think, mm, okay, well, I don't know what that was about. You get back in your car and go back. Or you may have a, a, some very significant encounter which changes somebody's life. And I think until we're willing to start stepping out and taking the risk of, well, actually, I might end up doing nothing or making a mistake or looking silly. Until we do a bit more of that. That's the thing about the spontaneity, and I think that's why the Holy Spirit loves it. It's partly because spontaneity requires a step of faith from me. If I can prepare all my preach entirely up front, I know exactly what I'm going to say, and I've got it all written out. Actually, I'm just aware as I'm saying that. I'm not criticizing in any way anybody who does that. It's totally fine. For some people, they do that really, really well. It doesn't really work for me. But if if I note everything down, and it's always like that every time, and, and then I get to the meeting and, I, and, I, and it's all very structured and, and I, I, I very much stick to it. For me, that can lack the spontaneity that I think sometimes the Holy Spirit is wanting to say, well, actually, no, don't, I don't want you to speak on that today. 
Uh, it was great in the preparation. We had good fun. I gave you some great revelation, but actually that was for you for another time. It's not for the church. And today what I want to do is that I want to have a preach. I want, to, I want us to actually get up and, and pray for one another. I want us to do this, or I want us to just go out into the car park and bless people and wash their cars. I don't know. It's that spontaneous element that I, I'm, I'm hungry for because, frankly, otherwise I get quite bored. I get quite bored if I know exactly what's going to happen. I really do. And I, 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 I would dare almost to say I think the Holy Spirit does too. Um, anyway, I, having said that I don't think I've got anything to say, uh, I've done fairly well at talking for a bit. So I'm going to stop now because I do believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do some stuff with us.